The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle, rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Welcome to Go Green Radio. So glad that you could all join us today. Today our guest is Scott Case. He's the Director of Market Development at UL Environment. Now UL is a a logo and a symbol and a company that we're probably all very familiar with. Uh, They've been product testing and safety testing products for over a hundred years and they are the ones that you trust when you're especially maybe buying something that you would plug into the wall to know that it's it's going to be tested and it's going to meet fire safety standards and this new branch of UL is what we're going to be talking about today it's UL environment and Scott I'm so glad to have you on Go Green Radio to fill us in so welcome wonderful thank you very much it's an honor to be here Well, I think that a lot of our listeners will know the brand UL, but maybe not UL Environment. What is UL Environment, and what do you do? Hey, very good. Well, thank you. Uh, Yeah, I think lots of people, in fact, studies say some 67% of people are familiar with the red UL in a circle, and they know it's a mark of the safety of a product. But what UL has discovered over the last 120 years or so is that the definition of safety is changing. People are no longer focused just on whether their toaster is going to burst into flames or whether the toaster might electrocute them. People are looking at other safety issues, including human health and environmental issues. So the definition of safety is evolving. Um, So now UL is beginning to think about the safety of future generations. And that's where UL environment really fits in. It turns out that just like electrical safety, Sustainability, human health issues, environmental issues are invisible to consumers. You can't look at a product and see if it's safe. You can't look at a product and see if it's green or more sustainable. So what we're hoping is that people will learn to look for that UL mark. Let's just talk in general terms about what consumers should be looking for and maybe some of the things they should be avoiding when they're shopping for eco-friendly products. Excellent question. Um, As a green consumer, as green consumers, we know that every single purchase we buy, everything that we buy has hidden human health, environmental, and social impacts. And so it's it's really difficult to know what to focus on. Um, If I'm buying something like a computer, I might be worried about the hazardous materials in the computer. How energy efficient is the computer? Can it be recycled? Can it be um, refurbished? What happens when I no longer need it? Or if I'm buying a, a light bulb, what about the mercury in the bulb? What about the energy efficiency of the bulb? Or copy paper, recycled? 
recycled content, process chlorine-free. There are lots of different issues to focus on. And so what we're trying to do at UL Environment is make it easy for consumers to identify the greener products. We want to provide some transparency so people know which products are better based on which specific pieces of environmental or human health information. Well, and I love that because it really is frustrating. I mean, even for somebody like me who has been doing this for years, um, I get so frustrated when I think I've chosen just the right set of products uh, that will work and that will jibe with my you know, my philosophy on life, and then I find out that there was some attribute to the product I didn't know about or, um, you know, the company wasn't transparent about, and uh, I find out that, you know, the product wasn't all that I thought it should be. And I like this idea of having a variety of different things that that UL is going to um, place its logo on for a variety of reasons. You've got a Green Guard certification, an environmental product declaration, eco-logo certification, landfill waste diversion, and environmental claim validation. So I'd kind of like to go through each one and have you explain to us what those mean and if we see that logo, what we can understand about the product. So let's start with the Green Guard certification. What is that about? Sure. Well, I think one of the things that's important for you to understand is that as UL moved into this space, turned out there were more than 400 different environmental labels out there in the world. Um, And to be honest with you, I personally had worked with about a dozen of them. And my mom never knew which environmental label to look for. (laughs) She would call me from the store and say, hey, I I just bought this product, you know, and it's got your green mark on it. And I'd have to explain, oh, no, no, mom, that's, you know, that's EPA's Energy Star mark, or or, mom, that's a copyright symbol or something like that. (laughs) So when UL moved into this space, they acquired some of the leading environmental labels and leading environmental brands. One of those was GreenGuard. So now you can look for not just the green card mark, but the UL green card mark. And what that UL green card mark does is let people know that the product is highly protective of indoor air quality. It turns out that all sorts of products are constantly off-gassing potentially hazardous chemicals into the air that we breathe. So think about that new car smell or that new paint smell, or the smell of new carpet, or the smell of new furniture. It turns out that the chemicals that create those smells are not always so healthy for us. But what the Green Guard program, or should I say the UL Green Guard program does, is they actually test products in these fancy Star Trek-looking indoor air quality chambers. So these are stainless steel chambers. They put a product inside the stainless steel chamber, close the door, spin the fancy lock, and they measure everything that that product is emitting. And the products that are are not emitting hazardous chemicals above a specific threshold, earn the Green Guard mark. And you can find it on things like printers and copiers, computers, paints, cleaning products, furniture, because it turns out manufacturers are realizing that customers don't actually want to buy products that might be potentially poisoning them. Mm -hmm. So consumers can now look for the UL Green Guard mark and know that that product is protecting their indoor air quality. 
Well, and I think a lot of people are becoming more and more aware of this concept of sick building syndrome, especially people who work in large office buildings. There, There is some talk of this, even some training in, in many spaces. I think that what's going to be really helpful is for people to be able to bring this concept into their homes, you know, where their children are sleeping and breathing deeply all night long, and that uh, we are able to protect the indoor quality, indoor air quality at home as well. So um, currently, do you find that a big percentage of the GreenGuard certified products tend to be for office spaces, or is there really a lot out there in the consumer space for at-home use as well? We are finding it all over the place. When you talked about sick building syndrome, it's a big issue. We're making our homes and our offices and our schools more energy efficient, which means they're more airtight. And it Mm -hmm. turns out now, according to the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, indoor air pollution is two to five times higher than outdoor air pollution. We have increasingly increasing numbers of children uh, suffering from asthma. And it makes no sense to bring products into a building, the carpet, the furniture, et cetera, that are harming indoor air quality. So you asked about home use? Absolutely. In fact, one of the areas where lots of people are focusing are things like children's cribs, um, the, uh, the nurseries, your children's bedroom, making sure that the paints, the mattress, the carpets are highly protective of that indoor air quality. That's so great. I think that's a huge move forward. Now, what about the Environmental Product Declaration logo? Sure. So the Environmental Products Declaration, or EPD, is a much more sophisticated, complex concept. Um, Think of it much like a nutrition label uh, for a box of cereal. Uh, That would give you lots of specific information about the environmental footprint of a product. So an environmental product declaration um, can be a a 10 to 12-page document that might be summarized in a single page that can give consumers who want extra information all of the information they need to understand what those environmental impacts are. I see. Now, personally, I find them somewhat challenging to use. Um, There are other products like the UL Eco logo mark that look at multiple environmental issues across the full life cycle of the products. So the raw materials that are used, the impacts of mining or harvesting the raw materials, the impacts of making the product, product packaging, the transportation, the impacts of using the product and ultimately disposing of it. So the UL Eco logo mark looks at multiple environmental impacts and identifies the environmental leadership products. So GreenGuard and Eco logo kind of give you a big thumbs up. Hey, these are good products. And environmental product declaration and EPD, the consumer has to read it and decide for themselves if it's a greener product. I see. I see. Now, what about the landfill waste diversion logo? Yeah. So one of the things that we have seen in the marketplace is that more and more manufacturers are making claims that their facility is a zero-waste facility. And it's it's a powerful claim. As someone who is concerned about buying greener products, I certainly want to buy greener products that were made in a greener process and a greener facility. So when someone says that it's a zero-waste facility, that's great. That's exciting. 
But when we looked into it, what we found out was there were roughly a dozen different definitions of the word zero. Companies were interpreting <laughs> it very differently. Um, wow. In fact, some people said that zero waste meant that they were recycling 90% of it, and they just kind of ignored the other 10%. So we actually built a standard so that everyone has the same definition of zero, and that everyone understands here's what you would have to prove to make a zero waste claim. So zero waste, like indoor air quality, focuses on one single environmental issue, but Mm -hmm. it's an important one. And so what we want is to make sure that people have a way of trusting that a zero waste claim is is accurate and meaningful. And so we will actually go out, audit the facilities, audit the paperwork, do the relevant spot checks, so that if someone is making a zero waste claim and it has a UL environment mark next to it, we know it's legitimate. Talk to us a little bit about the process by which UL Environment tests products for sustainability. Um, you know, UL has been a symbol that is so trustworthy over time. Um, what kind of rigor are you bringing to the UL Environment testing process that makes it likewise just as trustworthy? We will find exactly what we need to see before we will believe an environmental claim. We then would go through a paper audit of some sort where we ask companies to provide us with documentation consistent with our standard or our protocol and ask, you know, do you meet the standard? Do you meet the protocol? We want to review the paperwork. The next step would involve actually visiting the relevant facilities, sending our auditors, looking under the desks, looking in the garbage bins for a zero-waste claim, uh, reviewing the manufacturing process, looking at things like transactional records and, mm-hmm. and process controls, and, and mostly just kind of geeking out uh, <laughs> and, and finding out what's going on in that facility and do they meet the standard. That's fantastic. And that, that makes it, I know a lot of consumers feel very comfortable to know that you go inside, you eyeball it, you know, you go through it with a fine tooth comb and see what's going on in order to give us that thumbs up with your logo. Well, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll have much more with Scott Case and the UL Environment logo that you're going to be looking for on everything I know now. So uh, don't go away, for folks. More Go Green Radio right after this. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh, yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. 
Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. Glad that you could all join us today and so glad that our guests could join us today. Uh, if you're just tuning in, our guest is Scott Case. He is the Director of Market Development at UL Environment. And we were just talking about some of the new UL logos that we're going to be seeing, Green Guard certification, Eco Logo certification, that will help us know uh, that these products that bear that logo are big thumbs up when it comes to their eco, uh, eco-friendliness and also uh, their process as well. We were talking a little bit about that. Um, I'd love for you to tell us about the Sustainable Products Guide, Scott. Where do we find it? How do we use it? Talk more about that. Oh, absolutely. So if you go to ul.com slash SPG, which stands for the Sustainable Products Guide, um, what you'll see is a list of the products that have actually been certified by UL Environments. So it's an opportunity for you to identify products that have met the UL Eco Logo standard, the UL Green Guard standard, or has had a specific environmental claim validated by UL Environment. So it's a, it's a wonderful tool. It's a wonderful resource. Uh, and if you are in the shopping mall, walking through the aisles, and someone is making an environmental claim, uh, use the smartphone. Go to ul.com slash SPG and check up on the claim. See if it's true. See if it's legitimate. See if it's worth spending your money on. You know what we need, though, Scott? We need an app for that. So <laughs> I would really like to see an app for that. You know, you I don't know, know what it's going to look like. We're working on that, too. Um, awesome. One of the UL acquisitions was a company called Good Guide. Oh, I and love Good Guide. Yeah. Good Guide is, in fact, a relatively recent UL acquisition. Um, it allows you to use your mobile phone, your smartphone, scan a barcode, and get sustainability information. Mm-hmm. So we are in the process now, early days, but we're in the process now of integrating all of these different sustainability information data streams so that the, the good guide application has access to lots more data than it's ever had in the past. Oh, that's so great. I can't wait for that. And you know what? When you do that, let me know. We'll have a show about it because between Good Guide and the Skin Deep app, I am all over those two when it comes to products that I buy. So that is great news. Um, 
you know, I'd love to hear from you because you're seeing all of this, all these trends uh, as they're happening. What are some of the trends that you're starting to see in sustainable product design? You know, I'd kind of like to focus on the electronics industry because I know there's just so much going on there. So can you give us some insights as to what you're seeing? Oh, absolutely. It's it's an amazing time to be in this field. Um, all sorts of product categories are, are, are competing, not just on price and performance, but on environmental design. Uh, so if you look at the computer sector, we're seeing things from, you know, reduced packaging, which is nice, but mm-hmm. also computers that are easier to upgrade. We're seeing computers that have uh, fewer hazardous materials. We're able to buy computers here in the United States that meet tough European standards and requirements. The computers are more energy efficient now, and some of the companies are beginning to build in take-back programs so you can make sure that your product is, that the old computer product is going to be recycled properly. Mm-hmm. So it's really fun to kind of watch it take off in a sector like the electronics sector. Well, it's really cool. And we kind of track things like extended producer responsibility on Go Green Radio. We've done some uh, some shows about that. And seeing the extended producer responsibility, you know, moving through the industry in the electronics field, especially, it's pretty exciting. Now, this has been pillow talk in my household for the last 15 or more years, global supply chain, because that's what my husband does. But it's becoming a mainstream concern, at least among investors. We know that. And it's also beginning to make its way onto the consumer radar as well. And I think, you know, part of that is because of stories like uh, the factory fires in Bangladesh, and they were uh, making textiles for known brands and known retail outlets here in the U.S. And, um, you know, there have been big stories about water sourcing problems for, you know, one of our big beverage companies here in America, uh, and they were over in India. And some of those stories are becoming page one news these days. How does UL Environment help companies develop a sustainable supply chain and hopefully avoid those kinds of news articles? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's fascinating because in this age of social media and, and phone, uh, cell phones that can shoot video all around the world in nanoseconds, it's really tough to be in the global supply chain. Um, the smallest little secret in some factory in some far corner of the world can be front page news in seconds. Mm-hmm. And so what UL is doing is helping companies better understand their supply chain. The same data pipelines that we were talking about that will eventually feed a good guide type application, those same data pipelines can be used so that companies understand the hidden risks in their supply chain. Um, Mm -hmm. It's now increasingly important for companies to know where every part of their supply chain touches What are the conflict minerals that might be associated with a particular product? Mm -hmm. Um, Where were certain raw materials um, mined? How safe was that particular mine? So just as consumers want to be able to know, hey, this organic salad, where was everything in my organic salad grown? Suppliers, manufacturers want to know where all of their suppliers' components and those components, components, and those components, components were sourced. How were they made? Where were they made? What are the risks? And what's well, interesting, there's a few consumers that are asking those questions, too. 
Well, I think, you know, it's tough to find a consumer if you interviewed an individual person and said, would you like to buy products that cause human suffering or products that do not cause human suffering? You know, I I bet you most people would say, yeah, I'd really rather not cause human suffering with what I buy. You know, and so a lot of these global supply chain issues, though they are technical and they are difficult to get your arms around because I know very well how difficult it is when you're outsourcing and you've got overseas suppliers um, to know exactly what's going on when you are not physically in their space. Um, but, you know, it really comes down to, uh, you know, are you are you causing health problems and harm to some other population through the way that these suppliers are doing business. And so I'm very hopeful that UL Environment's involvement and help that you're giving to companies will help them alleviate some of those terrible and heart-wrenching stories that we see of global supply chain gone wrong. And that's exactly why we're doing what we're doing. Um, UL, for 120 years, has been a safety company. And Mm -hmm. it's you know, it should be a safer world for everyone, everywhere, now yep. and in the future. So yep. that's exactly why we do what we do. I love it. Now, talk to us about UL Environment's involvement in the green building movement. This is such a huge movement, and I know that you guys have a presence there. What exactly is your uh, position at that table? Well, we're thrilled to have a position at the table, and our position is that green buildings are a good idea. Um, UL Environment has actually been very, very involved with a number of the organizations that are defining what a green building is. So we're working closely with organizations like the U.S. Green Building Council or the International Green Building Council. And what we're doing there is helping to define what are the components that go into a greener building. So a greener building is just a great, big, huge, complex system full of lots of individual parts. What UL Environment is doing is building standards and certifying products that meet those standards for things like doors or walls or carpet or paint or furniture or anything else you would find inside of a building. So if you want to build a greener building, one of the key steps is making sure you're using greener building materials and greener finishes. And so what we're doing is building those standards and certifying those products that would actually meet the standards. So what we're trying to do is make it easier to build green, live green. Well, here's one thing that I think is kind of important there because I've seen this happen with a few green building projects. And that is, you know, you can put a lot of green building materials together, but then when the building starts to live and breathe and become an ecosystem with the HVAC going and all of that, you know, once the building starts to function, I almost feel like there needs to be ongoing certification somehow. Um, Once the building, all those parts and pieces come together to make almost a a living ecosystem and people are in there, um, you know, using the building. And so performance in terms of its durability and in terms of of what the the actual building functions like, I think is a big part of green building that I'm hoping to see. This is just my two cents worth, so (laughs) incorporated or not, but I'm hoping to see that kind of thing in the standards as well. Very good. It's almost as if you've been eavesdropping on our strategy sessions, actually. We we think that kind of stuff's important as well. So it's not just building a green building, it's how that building is operated and how it functions and what kind of testing is needed ongoing to make sure that the building remains safe 
Um, how about the way you clean the building? What about new products brought into the building? So absolutely, we're very much thinking about this from an, from an ecosystem perspective. So it's it. not just build it once and be green. It's continual maintenance. Absolutely. And so that's very exciting that you guys are thinking about that and that you'll be incorporating those things because, you know, the green building movement isn't new, but I think it's it's still kind of a, a embryonic in its its um, rollout only because um, we have so such a big built environment. It just, you know, forget about the world. I mean, in the United States, we have so many buildings um, that, you know, we've only seen a sliver of a percentage of those built environments actually become green. And to, to see how they perform over time is the only way that we'll know exactly how all of these green materials and green products, when they come together, how green that environment, that built environment stays. So that's very encouraging um, to see that you guys are are on on that path and on that line of thinking as well we're going to take a quick commercial break but when we come back we're going to talk to scott some more about uh, some of the indoor air quality issues with green buildings but also talk about green manufacturing and what does that mean i mean you want a green product right but you want to know that it was made in a green way so don't go away folks there's more go green radio right after this Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. I want to give a big shout-out to all my tweeps out there. We're having a great conversation, as we always do, about everything green. If you would like to follow me, I'll follow you back. You can find me at, at Jill Buck. 
find me. I'll find you back and we'll have a good conversation about what's going on that's green in your life. I would love to know. You can also email me at gogreenradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think about this interview with Scott Case. In case you're just tuning in, let me bring you up to speed though. Um, Scott Case is the Director of Market Development at UL Environment. And we've been talking about what it means to have a UL Environment logo um, when you start to see them out on products. If you go searching for them, you can find it at their Sustainable Products Guide, uh, which is at ul.com slash SPG, which stands for Sustainable Products Guide. So you can start to check out what they have logged as a green product according to their standards. You know, we've been talking about this whole idea of green buildings, um, and I know that you guys are very involved in the materials that would create a green building, but talk to us about how UL Environment helps to address indoor air quality. Mm, very good. I'm sure anyone who's listened to your show and pays attention to these uh, issues um, has heard about things like, you know, drywall coming in from Asia that turned out to be, you know, absolutely dreadful for indoor air quality to the mm-hmm. point that whole houses had to be torn down because you just couldn't live in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and UL Environment um, bought the UL Green Guard program because they did indoor air quality testing. Um, people are highly, highly sensitive to some of the chemicals that are off-gassing from products. Um, some of your uh, listeners might have had the experience of, of opening up uh, some furniture, the kind of build-it-yourself furniture from, from big major retailers, and the smell coming from that furniture was so horrible you might have even returned it. Mm-hmm. Well, what we're doing is actually testing those products so that you know ahead of time which products are safer for you, which products are safer to bring into your home. So we'll actually take something like, you know, uh, a pre-manufactured desk that you kind of assemble yourself at home. We'll test those materials in our indoor air quality chambers to make sure they're not off-gassing things like formaldehyde or, or other chemicals that might be triggering asthma or headaches or, or other unknown human health issues. Mm-hmm. So we believe in testing it and then labeling the products that pass the test. Well, you know, here's one thing that I think a lot of consumers are beginning to get more um, I hate to say righteous as if that's a bad thing, but because it's a good thing, they're starting to get uh, more ownership of the products and the process behind those products. And I think they want to know that I'm not just holding a green product in my hand, but the process by which that product was made was green also. So talk to us about how you're working with the manufacturing process to ensure that it is environmentally friendly as well as the products that come off the line. Absolutely. I mean, kind of the ideal in this space, of course, is is buying greener products from greener companies that have greener supply chains. So we're really looking at all three of those components um, to kind of help grow that greener economy. Um, So what you'll see when you look closely, for those people who are are eco-geeks like me anyway, when you look closely and actually look at the environmental standards, what you'll see is that UL Environment is focused not only on the product itself, but in many cases, how the product is being made and the raw materials that go into that manufacturing plant to make the product. So with something like, um, oh, let's look at making copy paper, we are actually going in and measuring the energy intensity of the paper manufacturing process. We're measuring the efficiency of 
manufacturing process. How much waste is being generated to make how much paper? So our paper standard actually looks at the chemistries that are used. It looks at the resource efficiency, the energy efficiency of the factory. And we actually try and build standards that create incentives for manufacturers to continually improve their manufacturing processes. And it's been really fun over the years to kind of watch that evolve because the process works. If you're building greener products and greener facilities that meet UL's greener standards, what you see is sales begin to increase. And as more consumers demand greener products, there's more incentive to make greener products. So it's really kind of using standards as a catalyst for a greener economy. Much the way 120 years ago, UL standards were a catalyst for safer products. Right. So, you know, a lot of us have been noticing that, um, like the NASDAQ and the Dow Jones Sustainability Index, that, that more and more in the investment and finance uh, side of our economy, they're beginning to look at three kind of new components of risk assessment for companies, um, environmental, social, and governance, ESG. Um, and I was very excited when Bloomberg introduced ESG standards, you know, to their uh, Bloomberg terminals. And, and it's really started to evolve pretty quickly to the extent that even some of the nation's largest um, Accounting firms are beginning to train CFOs in how to report on ESG metrics. So if companies are, are really looking to perform well um, in that space, would they hire UL Environment to come in and help them meet those standards? Is that kind of how the relationship would work? That is one of the things that we can do. We actually at UL Environment do have uh, an advisory services group, if you will, a bunch of consultants. Um, mm-hmm. And we can actually help companies think through their manufacturing process, think through their broader strategy, think through how they're communicating their greener messages. Um, and at one point, we actually developed a standard. Uh, we called it uh, the sustainability quotient that mm-hmm. was trying to look at all of these different factors. There's so many different ways to measure the ESG concept. We were trying to kind of bring some consistency to that. I think we might have been a little ahead of the curve. I think people mm-hmm. are still kind of learning how to manage the, the ones that are out there. But we do see, much as we saw with you know the definition of zero waste, we do see lots of different definitions and lots of different metrics. We see a need for some consistency. Uh, we, we think it's evolving. But at this point, we are more than happy to kind of help companies figure out what data is accurate, how they should be reporting it, and how they can be communicating it. Well, I know a lot of companies that I talk with are are still not sure even how to measure um, some of their processes to you know to fill in the blanks you know for these reports these ESG reports. So I think that sounds like a great service that you've got. You know, I know that UL Environment is also involved in advancing renewable energy, and I'd love for you to tell us about UL's advances as they relate to offshore wind power, smart appliances, and the smart grid. Oh. 
<laughs> that is some of the coolest stuff happening at UL. And, and the reason it is so cool is it brings together the entire company. So we've got, you know, 120 years of, of safety experts. We've got experts in things like solar power and wind power. And then the environmental equations are different ways of looking at that. So UL is doing things like testing the efficiency of solar panels. So that if you are buying solar panels to put on your roof, you can look for a UL certification to make sure they're generating as much power as you're being told they generate. Cool. We're looking at things like the durability of those panels, the efficiency of the panels, the safety of the panels, and then what kinds of carbon offset claims can you make associated with use of the panels? We're doing the same on, on windmills. We've actually acquired companies that, that specialize in measuring the efficiency of those windmills. So it's really interesting to kind of watch how sustainability issues have really kind of become a, a core part of what UL's doing to fulfill its safety mission. That's so exciting because you guys are so well-versed in those types of, of um, evaluations, I mean, it's not like you saw, oh, solar's becoming a big thing. We're going to figure out how to certify it. You guys are in that business, and you have been for like 120 years. So it, it makes me feel, as a consumer, I mean, that's, that's the logo I want to see when I'm making these purchases. And I think that even a lot of people who are in, say, for instance, utilities or even local governments, I mean, they, they want to see something they can trust and that they can take to their stakeholder groups and say, this is why we know we're putting in the best, because UL says that this is what it's supposed to do, and they've certified it. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I have to say it is it is an amazing company to work with. And, and what's nice is it's a company that's well-recognized. Um, you know, like I said, my mom knew I'd been in this space for a long time but didn't really understand what I did mm-hmm. until UL acquired the company. And you, you realize how it connects with that whole mission. So, you know, making the world a better place, it's a, it's a good place to be. Well, it is. And I want to talk to you a little bit about um, a report that I saw on your website because um, there's a lot of a lot of information in it. It's the 2013 U.S. Product Mindset Report. And, you know, there were some parts of it that kind of surprised me, to tell you the truth. But I want to get into this issue that uh, the report covered. It said that uh, 97% of U.S. manufacturers believe that product quality is the most important consideration impacting their ability to compete. And quality you know, I know that there are standards for quality, but to me, it seems a little bit subjective. And so I'm wondering if product sustainability is currently considered a component of quality or not so much. Wow, Jill, you did your homework. Um, <laughs> absolutely. The, uh, the the product mindset report uh, is a fascinating study because it, it looks at the communication gaps between what manufacturers think is important and what consumers think is important. And it's a really kind of interesting way of kind of realizing that there's these communication gaps between the two sides. Mm -hmm. So consumers increasingly, when they talk about quality, they're not just talking about whether the product works. Everyone expects that the product's going to work. What's interesting is consumers are now really looking at sustainability as a component of quality. 
And that's something manufacturers really need to understand because manufacturers that are, are continuing to emphasize the quality of their products, and my product is high quality, and check out the high quality over here, mm-hmm. are missing the mark when consumers think that includes sustainability issues. So this, this is kind of a study that UL does to kind of help move the market forward and improving the communication between the manufacturers and the consumers is one mm-hmm. of the ways to do that. I'm glad about that. We're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we'll have much more with Scott Case. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. You know, Scott, there's another question I want to ask you about that 2013 U.S. Product Mindset Report that we were discussing at the end of the last segment. According to that report, U.S. consumers are significantly more likely than their peers in other countries to agree that cost and price are the most important considerations driving their purchase choice. Now, do you interpret that to mean that sustainable products will only be successful in the U.S. market if they're cheaper than unsustainable products of their you know, like brand or like uh, function? Or do you see any circumstance under which U.S. consumers might change? change their values on what drives their purchasing choices to maybe put sustainability above cost or price. Yeah, it's a fascinating thing of working with a, with a global company uh, like UL because they, they look at the world in its entirety. And I have to say, as you know, a proud American, I'm a little embarrassed sometimes that uh, the consumers are, are kind of not maybe as uh, advanced as some as others. But when we really thought about it, 
we think actually the American consumer is just being more honest. We think actually that price and product performance are always important to everyone everywhere. What we believe is happening is that consumers are saying, U.S. consumers are saying, I will buy the greener product as long as it's affordable, as long as it meets my requirements. So we actually see this kind of driving the overall kind of quality engine, if you will. Mm-hmm. Manufacturers trying to sell greener products in the States, they have to have products that work. They have to have products that are affordable. Mm-hmm. And green becomes a tiebreaker. We think what's happening in other parts of the world is that there's a, a socially acceptable answer that you want greener products. But when you really look at consumer behavior, we think it's fairly consistent globally. The product mm. has to work, the product has to be affordable, and green is the tiebreaker. Gotcha. So it's our cowboy candor that, that we're seeing in the uh, U.S. <laughs> responses. <laughs> that might be it, yes. <laughs> Under the sustainability services section of your website, I read that you all environment helps companies navigate the complexities of corporate sustainability, translating their environmental leadership into greater market share and increased profitability. How exactly does environmental leader- leadership increase a company's market share and profitability? Do you have any specific examples of that? I think there's uh, kind of two ways to look at that. Um, there are some markets now where if you don't have a greener product offering, you actually can't sell your product. Um, as, as an example of that, if you're trying to sell cleaning products in the state of New York or the state of California, they have to meet an environmental standard. And UL Environment, the UL Eco Logo Program, is one of the standards that you have to meet. So what we're seeing is some companies are going to get closed out of markets if they don't have a good, strong, green offering. Mm. In other markets, what we're seeing is that companies are finding ways to leverage the environmental benefits in ways that consumers really, really appreciate. I'll give you an example. Uh, The computer sitting on my desk right now, it's a lovely laptop computer. I happen to know it's super energy efficient because we've tested it. That's not necessarily how they advertise it. They advertise it to longer battery life. So mm. I can fly from point A to point B without running out of battery. So what's interesting is they've made environmental improvements that also have significant consumer benefits. Mm. And we're seeing that kind of happening more and more is that sustainability has given companies kind of a new way of looking at the world, a new way of looking at their products, a new way of thinking about how to design their products. And then the marketing folks come along and figure out what we can say to help sell more of that greener product. <laughs> right. So what problems can we sell? Some green works. In other cases, you tell them about another benefit. It happens to be green, but that not, might not be why you're buying it. Right. It's not going to be, uh, you know, a commercial about polar bears or anything. It's going to be something that's very real and authentic to our lives. Problems that, you know, that it's solving that, that may or may not be in our minds a green problem. But, um, but that's, that's really a, a great way of looking at that. And you mentioned, you know, a couple of state governments that require certain logos to be on cleaning products. How exactly does UL Environment interface with governments? Well, so UL has been working with governments for well over 100 years, um, actually, you know, to help governments build 
safer buildings and safer electrical systems. And UL has kind of maintained those connections. So it's not just individual consumers that have an expansive definition of safety. Government entities are doing the same thing. They're beginning to realize that if they're spending taxpayer money, they should get the most value for that money. And increasingly, buying greener products is a way of getting more for your money. So we're seeing that there are government purchasing programs all across the country where they're saying, hey, we want high-performing, high-quality products that also have clear environmental benefits. So we're happy to work with folks as they develop their specifications, um, but we're also just as happy to, uh, to sell them greener products because it's a higher-quality product. Let me ask you something, Scott. I'm going to ask you to look into your crystal ball for a minute. If you and your colleagues are successful in meeting the goals that UL Environment has, uh, whether you know there's something that we can see on your website or something that you all talk about internally, if you're successful, where do you see UL Environment in five years from now? How will the business be different in five years than it is today? Wow. My crystal ball has always been a little fuzzy. Um, <laughs> my timeline might be off, but I'll tell you the, the aspiration, the dream. Okay. There was a period of time when if you wanted to buy a safer product, you had to look for the UL mark. That was the only way to know this product's not going to burst into flames. This product's not going to electrocute you. <laughs> but at some point, it became standard. Almost all products were safe. That's what we want to see in the environmental world. We want to start by teaching people to look for the UL environment mark because these are the greener products. But at some point in the hopefully not so distant future, we want all products to be greener. We want it to be just a standard operating procedure for businesses everywhere. So in the ideal world, UL environment goes from being the label you absolutely have to find to being something in the background, that it's just something that's expected. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the fantasy. Whether we can pull it off in five years might be a bit ambitious, but I guarantee you're going to see a lot of that UL environment mark here in the near future. What kinds of events, uh, be they you know, climate events or other types of maybe political events, I don't know, what could move the needle uh, and, and help companies and consumers overcome any current obstacles to moving very quickly towards that vision that you just expressed? What could happen Mm. that would move us along a little bit quicker? Well, I'll tell you, there's a bunch of small events that happen. Um, We see every once in a while an article pop up, a big environmental concern, I don't know, a rainforest being cut down to make toothpicks or something, or Mm -hmm. we see, you know, a a factory fire somewhere, or we see uh, workers being harmed in in making electronic equipment. Um, Those kinds of incidents make people stop and think, am I contributing to that problem because of the purchasing decisions I make? Mm -hmm. And the more of those kinds of events we have, the more questions and the better questions consumers begin asking. Mm -hmm. And the really cool thing about being a consumer is you're always right. If you (laughs) say, I want to buy a high-quality, affordable product that's greener, there are people all over the world that would love to take your money. 
First, they have to figure out how to do it. Then they have to prove they're doing it. Then they can sell you products and make their money. So I think what we're going to see is more and more of these incidents, uh, uh, a cell phone video that pops up from some far corner of the world that gets people to ask better questions. The so power of the purse. Power of yep. the purse, absolutely. That's right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Our guest was Scott Case, in case you missed that. He's the Director of Market Development for UL Environment. Check them out at ul.com. You can find it on one of their services tabs and find the UL Environment uh, website, and, and there's lots of great stuff. Folks, we're going to be here same time, same place next week with more Go Green Radio. Until then, have a wonderful week and do something in your life to go green. Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 